Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. Today, we're talking about the long game to get the Japanese population back on track. It is Spy X Family. (laughs) What? Have you seen all the Shinzo Abe memes? No. Okay, so he's a former prime minister of Japan, and he was like, guys, we really need you guys to marry and have children so we can bring the birth rate in Japan up. Or else everyone is going to be old and there's going to be no one left to take care of us. So I need you guys to fuck. (laughs) That was the meme. Incredible. (laughs) There was one in particular that was like, I got to be real with you, Shinzo Abe. I'm not having kids. (laughs) That one got like re-memed a bunch of times. Listen, if that was ever a thing here, I'd be like, I have a list of demands first. I don't want to criticize the Japanese government too hard, but there are definitely some things that can be improved so that people will have families. At least they have universal health care. Yeah. We don't even have that here. There's at least that. (laughs) But there were like tweets going around that's like, oh my god, Spy X family made me realize I'm actually lonely and I do want a wife and kids. And so people were like, the long game by Shinzo Abe. Oh my god. (laughs) So anyway, <laughs> amazing. Spy X family, we're talking about that. It's another waifu review. Oh my god. Because your is I think this season's number 1 waifu. I think so too. So Spy X family, it's based off of a manga series by Tetsuya Endo. I don't know if it's supposed to be Spy Family, but we are going to refer to it as Spy X Family. Just like Hunter x Hunter is supposed to be Hunter Hunter. I don't give a fuck. The X is there. I can't not say it at this point. I know. It's just going to come out. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So the anime for this started coming out in April of 2022. And the dub, I believe, just finished. Mm. I've been watching the dub. What about you? Yes, us as well. I don't know. I think the older I get, the less I want to sit and read subtitles unless I have to. Also, I feel like dubs have gotten a lot better. I will agree with you there. Dubs have 100% gotten better. I think just because localization has gotten better, Mm -hmm. that they're like not afraid to actually localize Mm -hmm. certain things instead of just doing a direct translation. Exactly. Though I love watching English language TV with subtitles. What's the truth? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I gotta have the subtitles on no matter what because of auditory processing issues. And to be fair, sometimes bitches be mumbling. Oh, that's so t. And I can't understand what they're saying. So, <laughs> captions for life. Yeah. Also, it's just nice accessibility, so. Yeah, and I feel like nowadays, we always have to be doing like three things at once. So the dub definitely helps with that. Yes. Usually Kyle and I will be making dinner and watching it. So watching a sub or a K-drama that way, I do not recommend. <laughs> you will yeah. get lost. So Spy X Family, the basic plot of this is very fun. It reminds me a lot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Also kind of the Americans a little bit. Also kind of like the beginning of Black Widow, the movie. Yeah. It's about a spy who has to have a fake family to execute a mission. But the twist is that no one really knows that everyone's a spy slash assassin slash telepath. (laughs) So I'm going to do a spicy reading of the plot summary (laughs) uh, for you all. So spoilers ahead. 
In order to maintain the state of peace between the rival nations of Westalis and Ostania, a Westalian agent codenamed Twilight is tasked with spying on Donovan Desmond, who is leader of the National Unity Party within Ostania. However, due to Desmond being notoriously reclusive and also having giant bug eyes, um, (laughs) the only way Twilight can get close to him is to enroll a child in the same private school as Desmond's sons and pose as a fellow parent. To accomplish this and present the image of a happy family, he creates the alias of Lloyd Forger and adopts a young orphan girl named Anya and then marries a woman named Yor Briar. However, unbeknownst to him, Anya can read minds and Yor is in fact a professional assassin. Neither Lloyd nor Yor are aware of each other's true identities or that Anya knows both of their true professions. The family later takes in a dog with precognitive abilities whom they name Bond. Despite these unknown factors and Twilight's occasional lapses of common sense due to years of being a spy, he must learn to play the role of the perfect father and husband in order to carry out his mission. That is a very good plot summary. Very all-encompassing. Good job, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes those plot summaries, I'd be like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Such a super cute, unique, interesting show. Yes. I love each member of the Forger family. They are so cute. I love a fake dating romance. So this is like (laughs) fake dating on like next level. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're fake married. But they are married. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the first four episodes. There will be spoilers for those, but we didn't want to do the whole series because that would get way too long here. Yeah. It's good. You should definitely watch every episode, but we're only going to talk about the first four. So the first episode starts off with Twilight being assigned his mission for the whole series by the WISE. Wise. They're like... You need to form a family and do this mission. And he needs to enroll his adopted child into Eden Academy where he can safely approach Donovan. So in the first episode, this is where he adopts Anya, who secretly has telepathic abilities. And she's very cute. She has like a pink bob and two little witch hats. That makes me think that she has uh, little antennas, (laughs) like an alien. Or, I don't know, I was getting, like, Eleven vibes. I was getting, like, Elfin Lied vibes. Oh, my God. (laughs) You remember that? Yes. Because she had horns, too, and she had, like, little ears. Yeah. Like, fake ears over it. So, while Lloyd is away, Anya accidentally reveals their location by sending a transmission to a minister in the uh, warring country. And so, she is kidnapped, which I was like, okay, first episode, right out the gate. (laughs) Kidnapping. Yeah. So once Anya is rescued, she passes the admissions exam for Eaton Academy, but her and Lloyd are informed that there's a stage two, not just a stage one, which is a formal interview and it requires both parents. So they got to get a wife and a mom real quick. Okay. And let me just say that this whole like interview process that they go through gives me such PTSD, like... Have you ever, like, applied for a job and then had to go through, like, four fucking interviews? (laughs) Thankfully, no. They always ask really stupid, dumbass questions, like, why do you want this job? 
and or what is your greatest weakness? And you always have to lie and be like, I care too much about my job. I will chain myself to my desk and never stop working. That is my main weakness. Yeah. My weakness is that I care too much. (laughs) It's like, uh, my weakness is that I live in a capitalist society and need money to live. (laughs) Like, that's my biggest weakness. What's yours? Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's not get too jaded about employment (laughs) on this episode. (laughs) But yes, the interview process for this school is fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. Especially because Anya's like, five yeah she is literally like five so in the second episode we're trying to find mom <laughs> for anya mom sorry mom sorry mom mommy sorry. <laughs> so we cut to a person named your briar and she is a clerk at berlin city hall berlin girl i know these city names Berlint, are something honey. else <laughs> Berlin, honey, yes. Um, anyways, she's a clerk at Berlin City Hall and is ostracized by her colleagues for being single. Dun, dun, dun. I would kill my coworkers if they're like, why are you single? I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, it she, she gets ostracized for being single, which leads to her fearing that her secret assassin job will be exposed as she's speculated to be a spy. Well, serendipity strikes because at a tailor shop, Lloyd and Yor encounter each other and they agree to form a partnership out of convenience. A marriage of convenience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) However, on the night Lloyd is supposed to attend a party with Yor and maintain, you know, her innocence, her declaration that she's not actually single, a side mission that Lloyd has causes him to arrive late and he accidentally introduces himself as her husband. Whoa, so then whoa. it becomes a marriage of convenience. Ruh, row. <laughs> After Lloyd and Yor leave the party, they're caught up by the pursuers from his earlier mission, and Yor, upon realizing how beneficial their partnership is for her assassin work, asks if they could continue pretending that they are married. Lloyd is like, thank God, and agrees, um, and uses a grenade pin as a ring while pledging their vows. Adorable. I love it. That is one of my absolute favorite scenes from the show. Yes. It is so good. So, episode three. They are now legally married and not just using a grenade pin. It's on papers now. <laughs> so, Yor moves in with Lloyd and Anya. And because Anya and Yor fail the mock interview that Lloyd sets up, he organizes family outings to various cultural activities to get them basically more bougie to give an air of sophistication about them. They go to museums and shit like that. He's like, we need to be the upper class family that everyone else is. Do you understand? (laughs) Like, holding Anya by the head. Look at the art! Listen to the opera. Lloyd is getting really worked up, and... And he's starting to realize that um, just going and doing these things isn't going to make Anya pass her interview. That really stresses him out. So Yor takes everyone to a park to relax. But when they are at the park, they witness a thief robbing an old lady. And that cannot stand. Not an old lady. No. So Lloyd is able to apprehend the thief with help from Yor and Anya. And the old woman is like, oh... You're such a wonderful family. And they're like, yeah, we can do it. 
we fooled this old lady. So that night, Lloyd conducts another mock interview, but this time the results are way better. And he is psyching himself up like, we can do this. We can finish the mission. We tricked that old lady into thinking we are a family. We still have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So then episode four opens with them going to Eden Academy for the interview. And from the second they walk through the gates, it's a test. People are watching from the windows as they walk up. It's like Squid Game. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And um, one of the house masters, his name is Henry Henderson. This man has the largest and most persistent hard-on for elegance you have ever seen. Oh, so elegant. So elegant. And if you're deemed not elegant, you're as good as mud, essentially, in his opinion. They continually impress him with their elegance. They overcome multiple screening efforts, including stopping an accidental stampede from the school's farm animals. Yes, you heard that correctly. (laughs) A gigantic stampede comes through and they manage to calm the beasts. And they have like seven changes of outfits so that they're still clean. And Henry Henderson is like practically like coming on the ground and it's like, they're so elegant. There's a child, and he's stuck in a literal gutter with mud. And he's like, please, sir, help me. I'm so stuck. Where, where? And Lloyd is like, I know this is a trap. Because if we help him, then we will get dirty. And that is not very elegant. And we can't do an interview like that. But if we don't help him, then that's being rude and unelegant and also mean. They Obviously, they help this kid. And this kid's like, oh, man, I feel so bad. I'm here to trick people, but whatever. They help him out. And they obviously get dirty, but then they have a change of clothes. <laughs> yeah. The joke throughout the episode is that they keep getting dirty, but they keep having more changes of clothes. Yes. <laughs> it's like reveal after reveal. Outfit after outfit after outfit. Tearaway after tearaway. <laughs> exactly. Wig reveal after wig reveal. Anyways. <laughs> they finally get to the interview with the other housemasters and they give satisfactory answers, but one of the housemasters is a complete dick face. His name is Murdoch Swan. He is a divorcee and very bitter about every fucking thing that makes up a nice family. Despite the fact that you need a mom and a dad to get into this academy, which is bullshit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Murdoch deliberately tries to taunt and fail them from the interview. And with the family enraged and upset, because I feel like he asks Anya a question like, What about your dead mom, Anya? (laughs) He asks Anya, who do you like better, your dead mom or your? Yeah. Which is so uncalled for for a five-year-old. Exactly. So Lloyd gets really upset and ends the interview. By smashing a fucking table. (laughs) Yeah, he literally like breaks the table in half and it's because there's a mosquito, but he's also upset and it looks like he's about to punch Murdoch in the face. But anyways, they leave. After they leave, Henry Henderson, Mr. Elegante. (laughs) (laughs) They're just choking on his eleganza extravaganza. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) So Henry Henderson then punches Murdoch Swan in defense of the forgers, which is not very eleganza, but it's what he wanted to do in the moment. And at home, Lloyd is just bereft because he's certain they failed the interview, but he agrees To just leave it up, you know, leave the rest of the luck with your and Anya's reassurances. So we're going to leave it there, but 
there is a lot more. So much more. And it is a really cute show. It's a really good show. Whenever you think you can't anticipate the outcome, something different happens. It definitely keeps me on my toes. Emily's really good at predicting plot, um, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought this show was super cute. It was definitely one of the most popular animes of this season. And I think for, for good reason. The source material is really good. I thought that the anime art style is almost exactly like the manga art style. Mm-hmm. And the manga art is great. And it's just, I don't want to say completely wholesome because Yor does kill people. But yeah, it's, uh, it's not depressing. Yeah. It's definitely something to look forward to. And like, mm-hmm. it was a feel good thing. Because you're like, oh, they're a family. Yeah. And despite everything, they really do try very hard to support each other. Like, there is an element of it, you know, it's a mission for Lloyd. But also you can tell that in his deep, gummy, soft insides, he cares about them also. I love Lloyd. I love him so much. Like, (sighs) number one husbando. And Anya's really cute, too. Like, she's five and she's reading, you know, these two grown-ups' thoughts. My favorite reaction that she does is she goes like, "Ah!" Yeah. (laughs) "Ah!" Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's great. And she's playing, like, the little matchmaker between Yor and Lloyd, which is cute. Yeah, sometimes she, like, after they've interacted, she, like, stands behind them and it's just like, Mom and Dad are flirting! (laughs) They're like, No! No! Yeah, that's all the stuff I really liked about it. I do have a criticism. This wouldn't be a Soulmates podcast review without criticism. (laughs) We love to criticize here at Soulmates Podcast. We love to criticize. (laughs) Yours brother. I thought he was the worst fucking character ever. Yor has a brother who um, works for the government, supposedly. (laughs) And he is always in her business and she's like, I'm going to get married so my brother doesn't have to worry about me and he's always in my business and he'll just leave me alone. And like, he is so up her butt all the time. Truly. Like, you definitely get weird incest vibes from him. Mm -hmm. Especially in the episodes, post episode four, when he's introduced. Mm -hmm. I'm just not into it. He was weird and creepy. I feel like they could have taken that character in a different direction. I know it's like following the manga, but like... Yeah, I agree. His character made me uncomfortable. If I were directing Spy X Family, I would have made it less like I I am in love with my sister and I wanted her to marry me. <laughs> less yeah. that. And more, um, I love my sister and I'm worried that she married a total stranger. Yeah. That would have been my take. Yeah. Yeah, that is my criticism. He's a bad character and I don't like him. He's stinky. (laughs) (laughs) He's icky. I don't have any other critiques besides that, so. Okay, let's get into our ratings then. From one to five. One being the worst and five being the best. How would you rate the writing for Spy X Family? The plot. I gotta give it a five because I have tried to predict what's happening next and I'm wrong a lot of the time. 
Um, it keeps me on my toes. I think episode wise, there's there's always something new and exciting happening while they're pushing along like the greater plot as well. I think they just did a really good job with that and, you know, character development and that sort of thing. I'm also going to have to give it a five. I really, really, really like the plot of this, even though I really do wish that there was more romance between Yor and Lloyd in the show. Yeah. I know that this is not the kind of show that would have that. I didn't expect it to be there, but I always wished mm. that it was there, you know? Yeah. A little bit more spicy, just a little. Just a little. I feel like so much anime is either, like, completely sexless or is, like, way on the other end of extreme and it's just, like, way too horny. Oftentimes the tropes are just, like, highly uncomfortable also. Also, this is, like, so rare that it's, like, the two main characters of, of the romance are adults and they're married. Like Right. I was I was hoping, you know. But other than that, it was good. It was so good. I've gotten my like romance fill from just looking up Spike's family dojins. On a scale from one to five, how would you rate the voice acting? Well since we haven't listened to the sub, I can only do the dub, but I think the dub is definitely a five as well it never feels awkward or like there was something missed in translation and their voice acting it truly authentically feels like the character um and even Anya's voice actress is doing her best to sound like a little kid (laughs) I'm also gonna give it a five I thought Anya's voice actress was doing a really good job I don't want it to actually sound like a (laughs) five-year-old like I feel like that'd be some uncanny valley stuff (laughs) yeah I thought all the voice actors did a really good job, and they definitely embodied their characters. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Eleganza. Like, (laughs) what a great performance. Elegance! Elegance! Yes. (laughs) Shout out to you, sir. Okay, and finally, on a scale from one to five, how would you rate everything else? We're talking animation. We're talking sound. We're talking character design. I gotta give that a five too. I feel like the settings and everything are unique. Like I haven't seen this type of art style before, like framed after like a European city. It reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist, the original series. Yeah, but that's like the only thing I can compare it to. Or Bonkano, kinda. Yeah. Kinda. But even that, it's it's almost like a European city, like. Yeah like in the 90s almost like it doesn't quite feel modern it feels almost like a little steampunky i guess because there's some elements of like modern times and but it also feels like it's set in the past and i think that's a cool line to draw i also think the animation is really good like you know the way that they do facial expressions and like the action sequences i think is really playful and and it comes across well It's not, like, so detailed that you're taken out of it, and there's still, like, a little bit of campiness, which I like. (laughs) I'm going to give it, fuck it, a five. Why not? (laughs) I love the character designs. Everyone is super unique, Mm. and Anya is just so cute. And I really liked the music in this. It was very jazzy. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of anime has a jazz score, and those that do, I find myself really drawn to them, so I was really into it. Yeah, I agree. I think the opening and closing songs are really good. So, a very simple question, Rachel. Do you recommend this show? Heck yes. I recommend it too. It was so good. You guys should definitely check it out. Okay, let's wrap up this episode with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Heartburn by Soon Me. 
I'm gonna recommend an oldie, Touchin' by Kong Daniel. Nice. He just had a song with Jesse that released. Yes. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Instagram at Soulmates Podcast. We have our link tree there where we have links to all of our relevant accounts and Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, etc. You can find us there. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube at Soulmates Podcast. Our channel has a bunch of travel videos from various places. <laughs> you can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you subscribe so you can listen to us every other Friday. We'll be in your ear holes in two weeks. Bye. Bye.